Welcome to the Thriving on Purpose podcast, where we teach Christian entrepreneurs how to build a strong foundation of faith, growth, and skill to lead and thrive on purpose in life and business. And now, here are your hosts, certified coaches, Elizabeth and Sebastian Richard. Welcome to episode four of Thriving on Purpose. I am your host, Sebastian Richard. And I'm Elizabeth Richard. And we're so happy that you decided to join us today for this fourth episode. And the title of this today's episode is God's Demotions Are Better Than Man's Promotions. And today we are really excited because we think that this episode is really going to encourage all of you fellow Christians and fellow entrepreneurs and fellow legacy builders who are undergoing a season of trial, who are undergoing what we called God's demotion, okay? There's always seasons in life when things don't go well, things go really south. And if we read our, the, the Bible, we see that there's many Bible characters that went through that. But also in our own lives, with our walk with God, we uh, undergo very deep seasons of trials, such as uh, you could be an entrepreneur who is out of business. Uh, You could be financially well off one minute and barely making it the next. You can go from being married to divorced. And some divorces are very bitter. Trust me on that. I I know. My parents divorced twice. Uh, You can be a team leader to team less. You can be uh, likewise in a church, a ministry leader one minute and ministry less the next. Uh, For some people, it's losing their jobs. Uh, You can have been with a company for 20, 25, 30 years and lose your job. These are part of God's demotions. And why do I say God's demotions? We could just say, oh, this is the the, the haphazard things that happen in life. Yes, it can be stuff that happens in life. But if you're a believer, you know first and foremost that this passed through your father's hand before it struck you. Absolutely. And it's one thing to be demoted at your job by your boss or your superiors, but it's quite another to be brought down and demoted by God. So it can be quite discouraging, actually. And we know as entrepreneurs, we have highs and lows, all kinds of things happen. Um, So we'll see today through a study in the life of Joseph how God's demotions serve a higher purpose for us. Mm -hmm. Um, His demotions are for a season of testing and equipping us. And um, his demotions are his way of pulling us back on a sling to launch us in the right direction. I like that, a slingshot, yeah. Exactly. So as believers, we are not always called to go up. Sometimes God brings us down on purpose. So we're going to discuss a little more of that today. Yeah, and in fact, uh, that's exactly what God did with, for example, the Israelites when they wandered in the desert for 40 years. That was part of God's demotion. Uh, I'll read you a verse in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 8, verse 2 says, And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So these uh, seasons of demotion, these seasons of difficulty and trials uh, are part not only of uh, entrepreneurs' journeys, but of Christians' journeys. And if you're a Christian entrepreneur, well, there you might have doubled your lot of mm-hmm. those because you might get more because you're in business. 
so today we're going to study the case of Joseph, right? It's happened many times in my own entrepreneurial journey that uh, when things went south, I thought about Joseph. His example strengthened me time and again when I would read his story. It, it would bring back um, that this season is, is a season of testing and it's not forever. It's not going to last and good things are coming my way. And that's exactly what we're going to see today in, in Joseph's life. Joseph was an amazingly gifted manager, administrator and leader. But it really took a while for him to get the recognition that his skills deserved. Um, Joseph was uh, gifted and he was very suited, but as gifted and suited as he were, uh, he suffered two major demotions in his life. The first demotion he suffered, he went from favorite son of Jacob to slave. And we'll see later what favorite son of Jacob meant, but that was a major demotion to go from a wealthy family to a slave. And, and then when he was a slave, he didn't let that beat him down. He still rose the ranks within the, the, the household of Potiphar. He was still able to get uh, through this and, and, and make lemonade out of lemons, if you will. And he rose the ranks. But then, just when he thought things would go well for him, boom, he was demoted yet again. And he became, of all things, a prisoner. So we're talking major demotion here. Yeah, I think it's really interesting when we look at from where he started out in his, in his life and everything that happened in Potter's, Potiphar's house and then ends up in prison. Um, it's really fascinating. So we're going to bring you a little more into detail about his life and his upbringing because I think it's important that we understand um, how he was raised uh, by Jacob and, um, you know, what his upbringing was, what kind of what kind of boy, well, teenager was he to start um, with this journey um, before he became a slave? So, Sebastian, can you give us a little more detail on his upbringing and his life? Yeah, sure. You know, Joseph was a really good boy by, by any standard. He, he would stand out as a, a good kid, like you would say, okay? But let's make an inventory of what was his giftedness? Well, first of all, we read, there's, it's repeated a few times in the scriptures, in the story of Joseph, that God was with him. Mm -hmm. I think that's major. That's the first thing. And God will not be with you unless you walk with him. So that implies, if God was with him, it implies that Joseph was a faithful boy. He had a, a devotion to the God of his father. And he walked with him. So that's the first thing. Second, his father, Jacob, was a very wealthy man. And we don't often hear that. Uh, we read it in scriptures and everything. But we don't associate who Joseph was with who his father was. But what this means is he was raised wealthy. Okay? And not only that, but uh, he was also Jacob's favorite son. So to top it all off, he was his favorite son. Which really created a bad family family dynamic because you know some parents can have a favorite child but not make it transpire mm -hmm. but Jacob didn't seem to have any qualms about this he just like he just showered Joseph with gift and attention and uh, he gave him a multicolor <laughs> multicolored coat and uh, he, he really like didn't hide that, that Joseph was his favorite uh, so like I said uh, his father Jacob spoiled him that might also mean, and I'm just conjecturing here, okay, but it might also mean that J Joseph got a particular education, uh, which made him more educated than his brothers. 
Jacob didn't want him to work too hard in the fields. Although Joseph was sometimes sent in the fields, it was more to spy on his brothers than to actually do the hard shepherding uh, tasks that were required. So Jacob kept him close to him and he pampered him and he, and he spoiled him. So uh, we can also maybe con uh, conjecture here that uh, Jacob invested much of his own knowledge and Joseph as his favorite son. So he must have spent more time teaching him um, facts about God, but also um, Jacob being very wealthy, must have known quite a bit of what was culturally, uh, I guess, higher knowledge at the time. So he must have given that to Joseph. So Joseph was well-educated. That's what I'm trying to say here. And another point that's interesting is that Joseph was tremendously handsome, okay? Uh, in Genesis 39, verses 6, uh, we read, Joseph was well-built and handsome, okay? And, and we know what that entailed after a while when he was in Potiphar's house. Uh, the wife of Potiphar uh, gazed at him longingly and she wanted him and she tried to get him to sleep with her and that caused Joseph a ton of problems. Um, and another thing that Joseph had in his gift inventory, if you will, was his spiritual gift of dream interpretation. We see early on in the story when Joseph's 17 years old, he's got this, uh, this dream, actually two dreams, but uh, both dreams are pretty much the saying the same thing, that uh, his whole brother, all of his brothers and his family will worship him and they will like, put him on a pedestal, if you will, like really uh, revere him. And uh, Joseph, not too wise, kind of cocky, uh, has these, these dreams and he just blurts them out to his brothers who just become even more bitter to, against him and they hate him even more after that because he was already Jacob's favorite and now he comes out of his tent and says, hey guys, <laughs> Guess what I dreamt last night? <laughs> you guys are going to worship me. <laughs> it's like, are you kidding me? They, just must, they must have wanted to kill him. And yes, they did. So, <laughs> But that's not the way the story finishes, but it's, it's part of it, right? So yeah, there you go. That's the crux of it. So in short, <laughs> he, was a well, he was from a wealthy family, excessively handsome, spiritually gifted, and highly educated. So pretty much the whole package when you think of it from a human standpoint. Oh, uh, yeah, from a human standpoint, it was the whole, the whole deal. I mean, it, even at a young age, you could have taken Joseph and put him in charge of pretty much any quote-unquote business, enterprise, uh, mission at the time, and he would probably have aced it. I mean, he was, he was young, a little bit cocky, but his cockiness was not without reason. There was something behind it, right? It wasn't just like, mm -hmm. sometimes you see that there's people who are complete incompetence, but who are cocky as well. Right. I mean, that is just plain wrong. I'm not saying that you should be cocky if you have the gifts, but it's more understandable. So he was talented. Yeah. And later we'll see how God has to, um, break him to teach him different things oh right? yeah did he ever so, get broken huh so how long was joseph in potiphar's house i think it's important we know uh you know how long he was in prison to see how how you know how long was this whole ordeal of demotion the, and yeah. hardship and trials and all that mm -hmm. so basically he had two demotions like we mentioned earlier he went from favorite son to, to a slave in potiphar's household the scriptures is not completely clear on that. There are some uh, clues that are given to us in the scriptures, 
okay? Uh, so, so we can kind of gather how long this whole thing lasted. We're pretty sure it lasted the whole thing from Potiphar being a slave in Potiphar's household to being the manager of Egypt. Hello, manager. We're, we're going to get that to that later, but that's pretty amazing. Uh, this whole thing lasted about 13 years, okay? So in Genesis 41, verse 46, we learned that Joseph was about 30 years old when he was made manager of Egypt. And since he was 17 when he was sold into Egypt, that means he spent, like I said, 13 years in total if you combine the prison time and Potiphar's household, okay? Um, and we also know that Joseph was in prison at least, and I'm saying at least, a minimum of two years because chapter 40 tells us about the servants of the king whose dreams Joseph interpreted. And the first verse of chapter 41 tells us that two years passed after that event of when Joseph interpreted uh, their dreams, okay? Uh, and the book of Jasher, uh, which is a pseudepigraphal book that uh, didn't make it in scriptures, but interestingly, interestingly is mentioned in the Bible a couple times, the book of Jasher. Uh, this book uh, relates that uh, the whole ordeal of Joseph was one year in Potiphar's household, after which he was sent to prison for 12 years. So we don't know, like, if we take this timeline combined with what we know from the scriptures, well, you can say that maybe Joseph had been in prison uh, at Longer least, than he was at in least nine to ten years before he interpreted the dreams of these guys. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then they left, and two years later he was called before Pharaoh. Wow. So his emotions and how he handled them are what we want to look at today. Um, we're going to read to you uh, two verses to really, two passages. Yeah, yeah, two passages to really. Um, understand the two instances where he was demoted. So yeah. I'm going to we're read gonna, from the Bible. Like the account of how Joseph dealt with those two demotions. So in Potiphar's household, that's found in Genesis chapter 39, verses 2 through 6, okay? It says, The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered, and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household, and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care, with Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now, that is what we call an apt manager. <laughs> and, and Joseph was a slave, but I don't think Potiphar knew what kind of deal he was getting when he purchased him as a slave. Um, he probably didn't expect to get this highly, highly competent and gifted guy. And it really blessed his house. Uh, and the second emotion, the one in jail, here's what we read in Genesis chapter 39, verses 21 to 23. Again, we read the same thing. It says this, But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever was done there, he, uh, he was the one who did it. The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. 
and whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. So imagine that. Uh, I know if I was put in jail, uh, the chances of me being becoming by default the warden of the prison would be very, very slim. But that's kind of like, that's kind of what happened to Joseph here. He was, again, so competent, so gifted, and it was so evident that God favored him that this warden took notice. And he went like, hmm, this guy seems to be doing pretty good here. Absolutely. I think that's one of the, the main points that struck me uh, was how he, you know, at this point could have, you know, kind of been discouraged, you know, from the time that he was sold as a slave and all of this happens and ends up in prison. Yeah. And, you know, he could have been discouraged and said, where are you, Lord? Yeah, and And he probably did, but maybe for one or two days. I don't know. It doesn't mention it. But, I mean, you can only imagine that he must have wondered, right? Yeah, so if you just look at his mindset and how much he had faith in God, and, and you can see that by rising to the top like that it it shows how mentally strong he was and that he had this tremendous faith that god was going to get him out of this situation um so um i'd like us to look at i i think the part in prison i think the part in prison is really amazing like you just said i mean to me it shows his character his strength because to be put in such a situation unfairly and let's not forget he didn't do anything in fact, he was, if anything, we can reproach to Joseph, he was overly godly. He was mm-hmm. above reproach. He was like saintly right. when he left his um, coat in the hands of Potiphar's wife and just ran. I mean, that was really, it demonstrated a strength of character and it just kept going in prison. Yeah, and absolutely. And when we look at what happens in the house and we read in that scripture, it's amazing that uh, Potiphar would entrust w- him with so much because yeah. he is, after all, a, still a slave, right? Yeah. So it's amazing to see how he sees that the the Lord's blessings are on him and, and it he's puts, amazed by it and he, he trusts Joseph to that extent. And it kind of puts us to shame. I mean, whatever situation we're in, uh, oftentimes we, we're at work and we complain, so, ah, there's no opportunity for advancement for me or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine the opportunities for advancements as a slave or in prison? And yet, Joseph made it happen. Yeah. Of course, the Lord favored him. And, and we could some people could use that as an argument. But I don't want to use that as a cop-out for us, for any of us. I think uh, if you walk with him and you're faithful to him and there's no major sin in your life, well, obviously, he is with you. So you, that's right. That's a given. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, absolutely. And um, now I'd like us to look a little more. We're going to go a little more into depth for uh, the reasons why God would demote us, but more on a personal level of everyday life. So we talked a lot about Joseph's story to, to give you a good biblical example mm-hmm. of how God worked in his life. But yeah. I'd, I'd like us to cover uh, different reasons in today's everyday life that God may demote us. So what is the first reason, Sebastian? Well, the first reason God might demote us is to humble us. Mm-hmm. Um, when We know that when Joseph became a slave and then a prisoner, he was humbled. And like I mentioned earlier, he was a bit cocky as a teenager, right? So God, who is able to read our hearts better than anyone, must have seen that sin in Joseph's heart. And he must have known that it was hindering him from attaining his full potential. So he needed to break Joseph. Um, and, and until you are humbled, you will not feel the need to learn new lessons. 
And Joseph actually was humbled big time in that situation where he found himself as a slave and then as, as a prisoner. Uh, and, and that made him become more usable. He was already very usable from a human standpoint, but God, who knows the heart better than anyone, knew what was missing. Eric Thomas said an interesting quote. He said, If you're not careful, your talent will take you places that your character can't keep you. And I think that's what God wanted to prevent uh, for Joseph. He, he knew he wasn't quite ready. And he knew he was highly talented from a human standpoint, because he's the one who had gifted him after all. Uh, but he knew he wasn't quite ready. He wanted to make sure that Joseph was ready for the task that was waiting for him when he would become overseer of Egypt. Yeah, and I think that quote is amazing because um, it's so true. Like we see that when we're building teams and we're trying to, um, you know, involve different leaders in our teams, um, whether you're in business uh, or building a team in network marketing or any other kind of business, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we, we see early on the type of leader we're dealing with and the character and some are good recruiters, some are good salesmen, but don't have the character that, that uh, goes with it mm-hmm. and they, they lack maturity and they sometimes are too cocky and yeah. have to, uh, you know, get a get some hard knocks to <laughs> teach them I mean, to be even, a little more humble. Even in major sports, right, in hockey, football, basketball, when it's time to um, to recruit new rookies, when they when they look at the roster of available rookies out there, they, they look at talent, but they also look at character mm-hmm. because they know the big leads, the big leagues are hard on uh, your, your mental, your mindset. So if you're not a person of character, you're going to break under pressure. So you might end up doing foolish things off the rink, off the ice, whatever. And uh, so, so, so recruiters look at that and they're going to look at two talented guys uh, if you take the same talent. And you're going to say, hey, this one is really talented and so is this one. They're about equal talent-wise. But this one here, he's got really solid character. And we know that he's going to, he's going to become just fine. And sometimes you might even spot the future captain of the team that way. Right. And I know Joe Sackick was one of your favorites for many years. <laughs> Joe and, I, Sackick, and I think yeah. mostly it was for that reason, because of his character. Joe Sackick of the Colorado Avalanche. What an amazing guy on and off the ice uh, for those who follow hockey. He was an example like that. And um, he was a guy who didn't speak much, but who had integrity on and off the ice. I mean, when he retired... Uh, there was a vote. The last year he was playing, there was a vote among NHL players who was the most respected player in the league, and guess who won? It was Joe Sackick. And mm-hmm. why was he respected? Not just for the goals he scored, but also the for man he his was. character, the yeah. man he was. And the second reason um, that yeah. God made demote us is to test us. Absolutely. Yeah, the second, de- the second reason God made demote us is to test us. Joseph underwent two major, major tests. If you, you can also see them as one big test because they, 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 they followed one another very closely. But Joseph remained faithful throughout. He passed the test. Sure, God was with him, but God was with him because Joseph was faithful. So it was like, which came first, right? That means chicken or the egg, but it was both worked together. Under the crucible, uh, the way uh, Joseph was, Many of us would have cracked. I mean, I myself, if Absolutely. I found myself under such pressure, I think I would have fared very poorly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish I could say otherwise. I wish I could say, oh, I would have, 
You know, I would have <laughs> aced it, and yeah, I would have done just like Joseph. But you know what? Uh, I know I would have sucked at it, and I would probably have fallen into a deep depression, depressive state, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe attempted suicide a couple times. You know, but that's just me. And I'm just being honest. Anyway, uh, so uh, another one, another man of character is Job. Job in, in the scripture. Uh, we know what happened to Job, and we know what God made him go through. But here's what he said in Job 13, verse 15. He said, Though he slay me, yet will I hope in him. And that's exactly what Joseph did. I mean, God was almost slaying him. You know, he was sustaining him with his love. But on the other hand, he was making him go through almost hell. Right. That was hard. So when things go really bad, that's when we fall to our knees, as you know. Huh? We, don't, we don't fall to our knees when things are going honky-dory and we got money in the bank and uh, uh, clients coming in and out and everything's going great and we planned a trip to Hawaii and uh, our wife loves us and our children are healthy. And when all that's going on, well, we don't fall to our knees the same way as when the rug is taken from under our feet. So when Joseph went under uh, this crucible, this difficult test, he passed with flying colors. Yeah, absolutely. We should work on, um, well, I know a lot of us are thankful, um, you know, for the great blessings that God gives us. But I think it's important in everything to really see God's hand and include him. And as a uh, Christian entrepreneur, to always include him in all our plans and our projects to really make him feel like he's part of our lives and everything we decide and not to make those important decisions without him. Mm -hmm. So I think that's uh, important as well, not just to, you know, as you say, fall on our knees when things are going haywire and crazy in our lives. Yeah. So what's the third reason? So the third reason God made emote us is to prepare us. And this is really important. Um, if God has a special mission for you, and we don't always see in the future, we plan, we, we, we as entrepreneurs, as, as Christians, we plan our lives, we, we have all kinds of desires, but ultimately it's the Lord's will that gets accomplished. And we don't know exactly what His will might entail in right. a year, two years, three years, five years from now. And sometimes He's got something that's really particular for us, but we're not quite ready yet. So we need to go through that that demotion or that hardship or that trial to be prepared. It's kind of like God's schooling method, okay? So mm -hmm. to prepare us. Right. And the fourth reason is to equip us. The fourth reason is to equip us. As we all know, it's a Christian cliche. We've heard it before. God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called, right? We've heard it time and again, and yet it's so true. But in the case of Joseph, Joseph was already from the get-go, like we mentioned earlier, pretty well equipped. He was just missing a few things. Uh, first, Joseph needed to prove that he could serve. So God made him a slave. You know, any position of leadership should come with servitude in mind. Any good leader needs to be a good servant leader. Absolutely. And God might have seen that Joseph wasn't quite ready to serve. And we kind of get a little glimpse of that right? with his brothers early on when he's kind of cocky with them instead of saying, hey, guys, I really want to help you out or, um, right. or begging his dad to go and help out his brothers. Or, you didn't seem to mind this particular 
sheltering and positioning that, that his father gave him. So maybe that was missing here. Uh, so you cannot truly lead until you have learned first to serve. So that was the first thing that Joseph needed to learn. Okay, He needed to prove that he could serve. And the second thing that's kind of linked, he also needed to get a taste of physical labor. I think there's a definite reason why Joseph was made into a slave. Slaves do hard physical labor. They don't do the easy tasks, especially if you're a male slave, you were going to do your share of physical labor. So, as the favorite son in Jacob's household, um, and, and I'm just conjecturing because the scripture is not that clear on it, but we, we know he was his, Jacob's favorite, and we know Jacob was, was rich. So, he, may, he must have had servants and, and all kinds of workers with him. So, it, we can only assume that Joseph didn't do that much physical labor. And there's something about physical labor that prepares us adequately for leadership. I believe it prepares us for real life. There's just something about blisters, cuts, bruises, bodily aches and pains caused by physical labor that puts everything in perspective for us as human beings and as future leaders. Okay, And those who've never paid the price of physical labor... It is my opinion that they're not quite fit to understand the hardships of those they're going to lead. The more hardships you've been made familiar with, the more relatable you become. Absolutely. And um, we hear we hear T.D. Jakes uh, talk about that as well uh, many times. Um, you know, how he he started out poor and now that he understands what it mm. what it is, to, you know, to be rich. But he also understands very well what it was to be poor. He didn't forget, yeah. you know, the, the things that you go through in your life, the hardships, any any trial that you go through will, you know, give you that um, that understanding, that emotional understanding to be able to help and serve somebody else going yeah. through the exact same thing. If we were all sheltered and we lived nothing and God just protected us from all these hardships, we could never yeah. relate to people that aren't saved, that, you know, do need our help. And on a side note, I think as parents also, it's important to teach your kids physical labor early on yeah. because life will not hand them a silver platter. Mm -hmm. uh, everything they're going to have, they're going to obtain in life will be through hard work. And physical labor kind of teaches you that. It teaches you that, that work ethic, that, that it's, it won't be easy, that you need to brace yourself. Uh, and a lot of parents today, they want to prevent their kids that. They're like, oh, I, I want to spoil him because I had it hard. And it was so hard. And I don't want my kids to go through that. But the problem is, what was hard is what made you who you are. And if you prevent your kids any hard work or anything, then they won't learn character. They won't develop them. And we develop ourselves through that. And I don't think we should uh, shield our children from that, just yeah. on a side note. Exactly. And I think it also teaches them perseverance. Because when things are, you know, you have to work at things, then you learn perseverance as well. When things aren't going the way you want them to. Um, kids are very impatient <laughs> they, they <laughs> and, are, yeah. and I think it's good for them to learn all that very early on. I as was well. the king. I was the king when I was a kid of impatience. Oh boy. Why was I a little brat <laughs> when it came to be to waiting? <laughs> so number five, what is the fifth reason that God uses? Yeah. The fifth reason that God's, God uses to uh, demote us, the, the reason why he does that is 
to use us, basically. God uh, wants us to be participants with him. And when he has something that he wants us to do, this is the reason we get demoted sometimes to learn a new skill, to, to, to be prepared to be used. So it's prep time. Uh, you know you're going to be used when you undergo these trials and difficulty, difficulties. So as demotions the, the serve a definite purpose, and it all has to do with how he wants to glorify himself through you. Okay? Right. For example, the saving of so many lives would not have been made possible unless Joseph had been made ready through a process of God's demotions and promotions. The whole time, God wanted to mightily use Joseph to save his family, but also the people of Egypt and the people in the surrounding area as well. So that was a huge task that he wanted to use Joseph for. Absolutely. And um, so I think we need to focus on these points here that we need to remember uh, when we think about our lives and how this applies to our, our everyday life. Uh, we should remember when we're going through these trials and um, these hard times that he is still with us. Mm. So, yeah. you know, sometimes we feel that since we don't have a message on our heart from him, or maybe he's, we feel like he's been silent for a while, or, um, you know, that he's not really with us. Well, you have to remember that he always is with you, but, you know, sort of like a, like when your child goes through something and you really want him to understand the end lesson, yeah. you don't want to give him away the punch, right? You don't want to tell him why you're making him go through these things because yeah. you don't want to lose. You don't want to stop him from understanding that lesson. Yeah. And, you know, we'll do that oftentimes with our son, Jason, that's uh, going to be nine soon. And we see it's such a powerful way for him to understand um, that you know, we're, we're watching over him. And sometimes he'll even tell me, you knew, you know, why didn't you say anything? You knew what, <laughs> and, and I'll tell him because I wanted you to learn, you know, it's, it's more of a powerful lesson for you to learn on your own. You're better than I am. I would have just told him because I'm clever. <laughs> I didn't tell you because I'm clever. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so even if God demotes you, he is still with you. So I want you to remember that. And the second thing I want you to remember is that this is temporary. So nothing lasts, you know, uh, good or bad in life. It's always temporary. Yeah. Um, so you have to remember that this is something Joseph must have done time and time again during his difficult years in prison uh, was to remind himself that, you know, it wasn't going to last and that, you know, God is faithful mm -hmm. and he's going to glorify himself and he's going to get you out of that situation. So your present demotion does not define your future condition. So it's important you focus on that because sometimes as Christian entrepreneurs, we, we tend to be too hard on ourselves. Yeah. And when things all go the way they should, then, you know, we, we feel fear that, you know, it's a sign that Things aren't going to go the way they should, but you have to remember that these um, roller coasters, these ups and downs are temporary and that uh, the future is bright and there's beautiful, beautiful things ahead, right? Mm -hmm. So patience is key in seasons of demotion. We have to remember that to, to be patient. And when I think of how Joseph 
uh, did not grow bitter in prison, even after Pharaoh's chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph for two whole years after oh, yeah. leaving prison. Yeah, just to keep people in context, remember that Joseph met these two guys in prison. There was the baker of Pharaoh and the yeah. cupbearer, and they had a dream, and Joseph interpreted their dream. Uh, one's dream was bad, he was going to be hanged, and uh, the other one was going to be reestablished in his position, which was the cupbearer. And uh, he, he told the cupbearer, uh, the interpretation and then he said he says now when that happens in three days remember me and tell pharaoh about me so that was that gave joseph hope right right so the guy gets liberated gets freed and joseph's just waiting in his you can imagine joseph waiting in his jail cell you know i'm gonna get out soon <laughs> anytime anytime now anytime any day any day, like a week passes he's probably going to tell him soon and then a month and then a any day now, any day now. <laughs> and then a year and two years later, finally, Pharaoh has his dream. And the, the cupbearer goes like, him. oh, <laughs> I forgot about this guy. Oh, two years later. Can you imagine? I mean, that could make anybody grow better, but not Joseph. He didn't grow better. Yeah, that. so he had to be extremely patient and he had to focus on those things and continue to have his strong faith and focus on what mattered that, you know, God is is good and that um you know that he has his well-being in, in mind and so that brings us to the third reason we want you to focus on is to remember that all things work together for good so like our favorite verse in romans eight twenty eight says we know that all things work together for good to those who love god to those who are called according to his purpose so you know we have to remind ourselves with verses like that mm -hmm. when um things aren't you know as bright as they should look with our businesses and things aren't uh, as you know to the standings that the standards that you want we have to remember that God has our uh, always our good in mind and that everything is for his purpose yeah so we have to think about that in our businesses as well you know asking God and praying to God what do you want you know, how do you want me to glorify you through my business? What, what can I do? And, you know, yeah. include him so that he answers you and that in everything you do do in your business, that you're always making him part of it. Yeah. Yeah. No, patience is key for sure. So in closing, um, how are God's emotions better than man's promotions, Sebastian? I'd like you to kind of give the few parallels here. Yeah, I'm going to get through that. Uh, just before I do, though, I, I reminded me on your last point you mentioned when uh, uh, that all things work together for the good of those who love God. Uh, there's this verse in Genesis 50, verse 20, where Joseph talks to his brothers, right? Um, he reconciled with them and he says, But as for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is to this day to save many people. So he's basically saying, look, right. all this evil that you guys planned, God turned it into good. And even this ordeal I went through, God used that for a glorifying purpose in the end. And it's, it's just amazing. So yeah, so you said in closing, how are God's emotions better than man's promotions? Yeah. Uh, well, God, number one, God's emotions serve a kingdom purpose, which is a grand design that goes beyond what meets our eye. Man's promotions usually serve an earthly purpose with limited vision, okay? So there's always a great purpose behind the pain of God's demotions. That's number one. Number two, God's demotions are always done in love 
and out of concern for you. Even though sometimes we may not see it, understand it, or God doesn't make sense. James Dobson wrote a book with that title years and years ago, When God Doesn't Make Sense. There are times like that. But always uh, remember this, that God's demotions are always done out of love for you, okay? Uh, men promote you when it's convenient for them and mostly out of selfish motives, but not God. When God demotes you, it's always out of love. When God promotes you, it's always out of love, okay? It is better to be demoted by a loving God than promoted by a self-serving man. So remember that. Keep that in mind if you're undergoing a demotion right now that went through the hand of God. Number three, God's demotions sanctify and prepare us for the promotion that lies ahead. That's one thing that's very important, okay? Man's promotions have little further motives than the task at hand. So men will promote you because they want, to, they want you to do a job in a certain position. But God will demote you because of the promotion he wants to give you up ahead and it's going to be big. Absolutely. And um, I think we see it very clearly here how Joseph would not have been ready to become the manager of Egypt, the most powerful empire at the time, mm. if he hadn't learned to rule in prison. So that whole, you know, that whole ordeal was all for the purpose of the end goal that that God had for him. Yeah. So God's emotions are the furnace where we are refined into more usable tools for his glory. Mm -hmm. So we have to remember that we're his vessels. And um, he always has, I, lo I love those points that you mentioned because it's really, you know, we really see how God's hand, yes, he has his vision and his purpose, but he always loves you and he's trying to teach you things and he's always acting in a, a in a loving way to, um, bring you to that point where he wants you to be happy and blessed. Mm. In Malachi 3.3, we read, He sits as a refiner and purifier of silver. And um, it's a really nice verse when we think of it that way, how um, all of that has a, a purpose to refine us and purify us. And uh, there's a wonderful story that I'd like you to read uh, to our audience that sure, yeah. goes with that verse. Yeah, this story is of a woman who really appreciated all things made of silver and gold. And one day, she decided to learn how silver was refined. So she went to go see a silversmith. And as she watched him work, he held a piece of silver over the fire and he let it heat up. And he explained to her that in refining silver, one needed to hold the silver in the middle of the fire where the flames were hottest as to burn away all the impurities. So the woman thought about God holding us in such a hot spot, like we spoke of earlier, like when we get demoted, that's the hot spot, the furnace of God, the refining furnace. Then she thought again about the verse in Malachi. So she asked the silversmith if it was true that he had to sit there in front of the fire the whole time the silver was being refined. And the man answered that yes, he not only had to sit there holding the silver, but he had to keep his eyes on the silver the entire time it was on the, in the fire. Because if the silver was left a moment too long in the flames, it would be destroyed. So the woman again was silent for a moment. And then she asked the silversmith, how do you know 
when the silver is fully refined. And the silversmith looked at her and he smiled and he answered, he says, oh, that's the easy part. It's when I see my reflection in it. Mm. So in the same way, when God demotes you, when he puts you through that fire, through that difficult hardship circumstance, this is his fire to refine you and to make us evermore into his image. Absolutely. So if you have been demoted by God, do not lose hope. And remember, the trials you undergo carve the road you are meant to follow. So I hope this uh, episode has blessed you. I hope you'll share it with those that you love, that can encourage them. And uh, we'll see you next week. So be blessed. And thrive on. Thanks for listening to the Thriving on Purpose podcast. Be sure to visit thrivingonpurpose.com to access the show notes and to discover more fantastic content. Until next time, be blessed and may you thrive on purpose.